I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is a bit out of the normal. This is the first special I have done in the two years of podcasting. I've never done a show special, but this one's going to be all about the Microsoft Business Application Summit, which is going live in three days. So very exciting. It's going to be in Atlanta, of course. Last year was the inaugural event, which I attended, and it was amazing. Right now, I'm going to have a conversation with Steve Mordu. Him and myself have just had a uh, you know two-way conversation, once again, a bit different than my normal format, around what we see as the things to go and see, depending, of course, what area you specialize in. I've kind of given my list of, of favorites. I've also called out a few surprises of people that I thought would be speaking and not speaking you know, from the Microsoft product team. But there's some exciting things to look forward to. I also call out uh, Hack for Good. And if you get an opportunity, go check out the Eventbrite webpage right now and search for Hack for Good. And you will find this amazing hackathon, you know, hacking for charity if you like using the Microsoft tool sets. There's still time, three days out, there's still time to register. If you can get to Atlanta, we'd love to have you in a team and go for it. Sunday the 9th is when that Hack for Good event goes down. But anyhow, uh, let's get on with the show, so to speak, and listen to us two old guys have a chat about the Microsoft Business Application Summit 2019 in Atlanta. As always, anything we discover or cover that requires a link, they'll be in the show notes. So check out the show notes at nz365guy.com. Well, today we're going for a bit of a surprise, a bit of a show special, so to speak, for the Microsoft Business Application Summit. I'm joined with Steve Mordu. Steve, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. Well, this is not really me interviewing you or you interviewing me. This is just two old guys going to have a chat about this upcoming event. I am very excited about BizApp Summit this year. I think that... You know, last year, the inaugural event that they had a very short amount of time to put together. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that event. It was a great event. And Alyssa Taylor has said that they've had a whole year now to really dial this thing in, expecting twice as many people, maybe as many as 12,000 people. Wow. I think it's just going to be a, a tremendous event. I can't. I cannot wait to get there. Yeah. Totally, totally. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, last year. You know, at the end of the day, I go to to events really for two reasons. One is the networking, and and the second one is for the experience. Right? I, I, as in, I don't want to just go to learn as such because I tend to learn in other avenues. But really, the experience of these type of events, the experience and the enthusiasm of the product team, you don't get it anywhere else. No, and especially this one. You know, this is focused on the space that you and I are in the business mm. applications, you know, and like inspire where there's, you know, there's a lot of energy and stuff at inspire, but 
you know, there's what 25,000 people out there for every, every Microsoft product there is a lot of which I don't care about. So to be able to get into an event that's so focused, you know, on what you're doing and and, and learning so much from, from folks and, and not just MVPs, but all the other folks that come to these events that, I thought it was phenomenal last year. Uh-huh. Certainly didn't feel like something that was thrown together quickly. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to be pretty excited to see what Alyssa and company pull off for having a year to work on it. Yeah, totally. The one thing I would say is it's not, I don't think it's long enough. You know, for someone that's traveled often to Microsoft events from the other side of the world or the bottom of the world, you know, where New Zealand is, is that it takes around two days to fly to the US to get, you know, to ultimately get to your hotel from departing. So that's two days, you know, flights, transportation there, and then two days home. It's only a two-day event, so you're traveling for four days to get two days. Now, you know, that's a awesome event, but, like, if we look at the number of sessions, 200-plus sessions, 300-plus experts are going to be in the room, mainly are those are from the Microsoft product team. I just think that maybe a day or maybe two days, you know, at least one more day, at least three days, maybe four, I think, you know, as well as, you know, adding in a pre-day, I think... I think there could there's room for a little bit more love for the event, I think, from Microsoft and the number of sessions they're running. Yeah, it's funny. Before I go to these events and I see that it's only a two-day event, I'm, I'm always like, oh, I wish it was longer. But normally by the end of it, I'm like ready to get out. So mm. <laughs> I think that's kind of a mixed bag. But then again, you know, I don't have the travel of a lot of the international folks do where they've made such an investment of time and money to get here. You know, I can, I can definitely see that being a, being a challenge. But yeah, we got... I mean, the categories this year, products, there's, there's, there's just a lot. And, and interesting, this year between Microsoft and Flow, mm-hmm. there's significantly more sessions than there are for Dynamics 365, yeah. which, is a, which is a big turnabout. And if you look at the whole power platform of Flow, Power Apps, and Power BI, mm-hmm. there's more than twice as many sessions as there yeah. are on Dynamics 365, which is a complete, a complete shift. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it is. It's it's a shift that we're saying, you know, I talked about Dynamics 365 being dead and, you know, we've been on podcasts together where we've talked about really the rise of the platform. That is the Power Platform and, you know, Power Apps Flow, Power BI. And we're really seeing that, you know, the first party apps like Dynamics, of course, they're not dead, they're not going away, but they're not, if you like, the prime focus anymore. They're they're great proof of concepts of what can be built on the Power Platform, but I think that we're going to see more innovation at the platform layer that are going to enable and light up a lot of use cases going forward. So it was interesting, I, I did a podcast with Hayden Stafford, who runs sales, enterprise mm-hmm. sales, which will be out here shortly, and I talked to him about the internal competition between mm-hmm. releasing a platform versus a first party apps and and he kind of got into some of the some of the angst they had around making that decision. Yeah. And how the the jury's kind of still out. I mean, wow. there hasn't been anybody yet who has on the power platform built a head-to-head competitor with say the enterprise sales app. You yeah. know, there's been lots of applications, we've built some other partners have built some but nobody really has stepped back and said, you know what, I think I can build a better enterprise sales application than Microsoft's and taken a stab at that. And he expects that'll happen this year, that someone's going to try that. PCF has to be mainstreamed for that scenario to happen, 
right? Because with PCF, we can do away with the view, the view that you get out of the box and you can create your own views. You've got full dedicated control of the entire, if you like, work surface from a form area. And then ultimately, I think, you know, there's bound to be more flexibility even over in the navigation experiences. And that really means that you could build any type of user experience that you wanted, you know, in that form factor. I think it's going to change everything. I think that, you know, it's interesting, you and I as MVPs and the other MVPs, we get really early looks at some of this stuff. Yeah. And you see some things, you say, yeah, that's, that's, that's perfectly fine. That'll, that'll do something. And then you see other things, you think, man, once this thing hits, once this thing is, is public and it's out there, this thing's going to blow up. And, and I know you and I have both talked about that mm. uh, power component framework as being one of those things. And now we're seeing that that thing is, has recently launched into the public hands just within the last, what, month? And already we're seeing uh, YouTubes and, and cool things, uh, right? And all sorts of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they're really just the tip of the iceberg. This is, yeah. this is just our developer community that's getting their hands on some new technology for the first time and, yeah. you know, creating some little widgets as test cases. But you know that once they get past that, that we're going to see some amazing stuff from that technology. Yeah, so true, so true. So jumping into the event, we see that the guest speaker is Alexis O'Hannon, which is, you know, co-founder of Reddit, which is, you know, extremely popular platform. He's also an author. Do you Have you ever heard of the guy or come across him? I, I have not. And, you know, it's interesting in events like this, you know, when they pick these these keynotes, you know, it's kind of a staple. If it's not like one of the Microsoft people doing a keynote, they go out and mm-hmm. get some inspirational speaker. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell last year, right? Yep, Malcolm Gladwell last year. There was one, I can't remember which one, where they had some army general, some female oh, army yeah, general I, or something. Oh, yeah. That was back in Convergence days at yeah. uh, Powell, was it? Colin Powell, was it? Yeah. Well, there was one here even more recently. It was a oh, female, okay. yeah, female oh, okay. general. Yeah. I don't remember which yeah, one yeah. that was. But I usually, you know, I, mean, I go to those because I'm already there and they... They make yeah. sure there's nothing else to do, but I don't have high expectations when I go to those. And sometimes I walk out thinking, why did they pick that person? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, every now and then you walk out and you say, man, that was, that was really pretty awesome. That was sensational, yeah. And so, so you, don't, you, don't, you don't know. I don't, I don't know the guy. I've not heard him speak before, but I'll, we'll be there. You, you and yeah. I'll be there in the front row, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and you know, as in two rock stars, James Phillips and Alyssa Taylor, of course, going to be in that opening keynote as well. I did note that Alyssa is in the closing lock note or the closing keynote, but James is not listed to speak in that, interestingly. Yeah, you know, I think you and I have talked about James is a, I mean, he's an incredibly intelligent guy, a brilliant strategist. He's really, mm-hmm. he's really taken a pile of crap when he came in here, in my opinion, and turned it into just a, you know, a world beating platform but he, he's not a guy who likes to get out there in front of the microphone much yeah. he's not a big fan of you know i mean he, he does a good job of it he's a great salesman when he gets up on stage but but not his favorite thing to do no 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 but looking forward to seeing them again it's it's good to see that there's a bit of consistency i feel you know between the two of them across events now for two years on the trot i just hope that you know the longer that stays together the better, I I think. So clearly, the two of them are in lockstep. Uh, I mean, James and Alyssa, you know, are are absolutely synchronized on their thinking and on everything. As is Hayden; he's part of that that group. As is Jeff York, who I did a podcast with him recently, and he's the CFO. And really, it's the the four of them 
that and you don't see Jeff very much either. He's not he's not normally put out front as uh, the numbers guy, but uh, very critical to what's going on there. But the four of them are are really in lockstep. And I think I don't remember if it was Hayden or Jeff who had said looking across all the other teams like that within uh-huh, Microsoft uh-huh. for different product groups and stuff, they really feel like they've got the best chemistry and the best productivity of any of the other product groups out there. I mean, I think we're seeing that in the in the products that are coming out of them. Yeah, so true, so true. Listen, we've, you and I have been having a little chin wag about doing something a bit different at this event. You know, we like to, if you like, bring the action and change things up a bit. And we're going to live stream at this event, all going to plan, and it's going to be a video live stream to YouTube. That's either going to be amazing or horrible. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure out what, after it's done, <laughs> I guess. But I, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, we I think it you will know, be. very often you and I have, have, have gotten involved with, uh, uh, you know, podcasts, yours or, or, mm-hmm. or Gus's or somebody from, from events, kind of like, you know, go grab a room and go chat for a bit. But to actually do it live and live stream it. Yeah, there's no there's no editing there, right? Nope. There's no there's no cleaning up. There's no taking it back when it's uh, when it's live. Exactly. And I know we've talked about doing it. You know, we're not going to be continuously broadcasting live through the whole event. No. We're going to be, you know, taking certain points during the day and see if we could put together some kind of a schedule where people can exactly that aren't at the event can go tune in and kind of hear the latest. And you know, we're hoping to get some of the Microsoft folks to come sit with us. And it'll take the it will get the bravest ones because again it's going exactly. out live. So, <laughs> so so for those of you that want to that want to check this out while the event's on, perhaps you haven't been able to attend the event, but you want to kind of get a, a bit of a feel of the experience, the buzz, that type of thing. If you go to nz three six five guy dot com forward slash live, and I'll put that in the show notes. Whenever we update the stream, we'll make sure that link always points there. Now, key things to note, as in if you go to that link right now and you subscribe and hit the bell, you'll get notified one hour before we go live each time. So Google or YouTube will notify you one hour before we go live. And so you can keep in lockstep with us and and what we're doing there at the event. But as I say, it's going to be new. I've set up some cameras, got my audio all checked out, got the mic sussed. I'm having more equipment delivered to Steve's house, <laughs> ready for him to bring to the event. And yeah, um, we're really hoping it's it's going to look quite good. We've got multiple points of failure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I think it'll go well. I think it'll go well. It'll be exciting. Well, and I think our our goal with this with this live podcast is you know normally a podcast we get on a topic and 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 kind of drill it to death. But here we're real we're really wanting to try and bring some of this. This experience, which you and I are both anticipating, is going to be, you know, electric out there, yeah. And, yeah. and try and see if we can get uh, some folks to get the feel for that that weren't able to attend, and and definitely grab some of the product folks to come sit down with us every now and then and talk about because this is the event also where they announce a lot of things. Exactly, exactly. And it'll be a good opportunity to kind of shine some spotlights on some of those. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. So, you know, we're going to try and get as many guests, you know, from the product team, even attendees, things like that, on here. Live, we'll do a bit of an interview style. We both won't be on the camera at the same time. It will alternate between us. But we hope to, uh, yeah, put a decent stream out there to you, and hopefully you'll get some value out of it. One thing also to note, if you go up to that stream there, it shows the exact date of our first go live. So it's, it's it'll automatically change it to your time zone. You don't have to do the conversion. YouTube does that for you. 
Moving on, though, just thinking about the agenda and speakers, and I just made a few notes around the speakers. You know, specifically, I'm looking forward to Steve Guggenheimer. You know, we've done a lot of chats about ISV, and I see he's doing two sessions, one on industry accelerators and and then the common data model for industry. So it looks like, you know, it's pretty much going to be focused really just on the accelerator side of his ISV remit. Nothing too much obviously going on here about the ISV program. I assume that's been held off for Inspire, I take it. Yeah, I think it is. I think a lot of, and and also, you know, one last point on that last thing, this, this live stream that we're doing, it's not just you and I going out there, you know, haggling around trying to figure something out. This is something we're working with Microsoft on. So they're, they're supporting and they're going to be, you know, helping us, you know, get the right spot and make sure everything is, is going smooth. So this isn't just a couple of cowboys running around. <laughs> I think we told them if they don't help us, it will be just a couple of cowboys yeah, running yeah, yeah, around. Yeah. So they decided <laughs> better to control us. But yeah, it, it is interesting that Googs is, I don't see any ISV specific uh, conversation coming out of him in those events. I think that, you know, they recently dropped quite a bit of new information on ISVs around the revenue share model. I think that's still churning its way through everybody's consciousness and, and they're digesting and they're collecting you know, lots of feedback right now from different partners about, you know, pros, cons, stuff like that. So I don't think that it's fully baked yet to its final form. Still, it's still being mixed in the bowl, and so it doesn't sound like they're going to be quite ready to talk about that in June. But definitely, I know they plan to try and have it nailed down by July. Yeah, so I just had a chat with him yesterday, and interesting discussion. There's there's over twenty six odd questions that I've got you know to put to him that I've collected from various ISVs around the globe. And he's very keen to answer those the best he can. And I'm actually re- doing the recording with him. By the time this podcast goes live, I would have recorded with him. So I record with him next week. But it won't be published till the around July timeframe. So I'm expecting him to give me a bit of the juice, or you know, especially if I hold off to his announcement, you know, at the event that uh, there's going to be some good stuff in there. Yes, I think I think so. That. You know, you and I have talked about this ISV motion many times, and and frankly, a lot of our conversations in the past has been about how how kind of poor it is and how ISVs are kind of left to their own devices. You know, the ISV motion at Microsoft historically has been, you know, 20 different people that had a little mm-hmm. piece of responsibility, none of them coordinated. And, you know, this is a big change for Microsoft. I think it's a big signal, I think, yeah. to, to everyone out there of where ISVs fit, where I think prior to that, we got a lot of lip service about how important they were, but not a lot of action. And this is this is significant and sincere action on their part for, for really wanting to embrace ISVs to give them a path. I think moving to a revenue share model, which frankly, you know, everyone else has got a revenue share model. It's not anything new, but Microsoft moving to that too is a commitment it creates a commitment both ways, which it hasn't mm-hmm. been up to now. And I think it's going to be, you know, as, as an ISV, I'm very excited about it, very bullish on it. So I know so some other ISVs are not so crazy about it, but I think that time will tell. Time will tell. Exactly. But, but it's, it definitely is a signal to me about seriousness that they, they're taking with ISVs. Yeah. And I think it is going to be a very positive. I think the order that they land the various 
if you like, steps or procedures in are going to be important, I think, for adoption. But, you know, what I like is that in this new modern world of Microsoft, you know, the last five years, they're very much, you know, customer focused and engaged. In this case, the partners are their customers. So, you know, I'm expecting some, you know, rock solid working out of the system and it being a massive win-win for everybody. You know, it's an interesting shift for them because up until now, what they've offered for ISVs has been around technical things, right? App source and some technical things to build your solutions. But now they're actually moving over into into giving ISVs a business model and business motions, completely independent of whatever your thing is, you know, with the coming commerce engine and coming you know, licensing constructs and some of the other things they're putting in place, they're, they're really fleshing out the story for those ISVs across the board. I know you and myself and a couple of other MVPs have our little group Power ISV where we're consulting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with those, you know, aspiring ISVs and, you know, we're working every day with with uh, yeah, Salesforce ISVs wanting to make the move, legacy ISVs wanting to get up to speed with all the new programs and technology, as well as you know, aspiring ISVs. I know Microsoft is also working to help those folks. So there's a lot of hands going out to ISVs right now, you know, to to help them get on board. Yeah, yeah. Listen, this one other thing I just wanted to bring up around the event you know, just pivoting here, is that there doesn't seem to be an expo floor. There seems to be a few sponsors. But, you know, back in the days of Convergence, the expo floor was gigantic. You know, it was a big deal. And, you know, I would use it to educate myself on the ISV solutions I'd take back to New Zealand or Australia, you know, when I was living down in those parts. So I'm surprised that's another kind of area that Microsoft haven't jumped in for this event just yet. You know, I think that having only done the one event that was quickly put together, yeah, I don't know because I'm not an exhibitor, but they did have an exhibit hall in Seattle when they did it last time, and there were yeah. there were a few a few just the sponsors, there. right? It was just the sponsors. Yeah, just the sponsors that were exhibiting, and I think just to you know kind of test the test the water of what kind of an event that is, and it it may be that it'll be similar. This year, that'll be kind of light on on exhibits as people are kind of gauging. But this will be the real test. I mean, they've had a year to plan it. If they got twelve thousand people coming here, absolutely, there may be a lot of. I think there could be a lot of potential exhibitors at the event saying, "Damn, we should have exhibited here." Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally, totally. I mean, I know there's ISVs out there. You know, I've been working with a company at a WA Map Tasker for a while now, and you know they're an ISV that are just doing amazing things in this geospatial area, and they want to do an exhibit. And you know, I reached out to multiple Microsoft people, and it just yeah, nobody seemed to have an idea or a solution, or you know, either a yay or a nay, either way, in getting there. So interesting. Yeah, and I think that there definitely is a difference between a sponsorship and an exhibitor, right? Yeah. Massively different, yeah. Yeah, they're accepting sponsorships, and I, I would assume sponsors will get some sort of a, a table or spot to yeah, to, to stand. But yeah, it definitely isn't like your typical event. And you know, I mean, I, I enjoy exhibit halls to walk through and, and and see some sort of stuff. But it's not really why I go to these events. Maybe they're trying to keep the focus on, you know, the, they've got so much for people to learn. You know, it's. For so many years, I mean, back in the convergence days, you would go, you know, from one year to the next, you saw some incremental change to the products. And it was mostly, you know, go have a good time with your friends and get a deep dive on something you already knew. But now, I mean, there's so much new stuff. 
and the the channel the broad channel is just so far behind on their knowledge because there's mm-hmm. so much new stuff it really seems like the focus is on let's get you guys up to a level set on where we're at now and that's that's a big a big hill yeah so you know, I was, I was going through Schedule Builder and building out, you know, what, I, what I'll attend and whatnot, and I created a bit of an MIA list, Missing in Action list, and there are a couple of big names that I thought would be, you know, here from the product team that are not attending according to if the schedule's up to date, which, you know, there's a lot of product team people that are attending, but for example, Muhammad, you know, who looks after F and O, not attending. Yeah, which which surprised me. Martin Costell, you know, head of marketing, yeah. Dynamics three six five marketing, not attending, no no show at all. Lorraine, you know, looks after mixed reality side of things. I really thought there would be more presence from that side because it's a growth area. Are you thinking about you're not seeing sessions by these people? I know I'm not even seeing them in the list. Like there's a community section and the community section has the speakers and they're designated as Microsoft speakers. So all the Microsoft speakers, all and they're, they're attached to all the sessions. Gotcha. So all, all the sessions then have, you know, these people attached. And yeah, a couple of others on my list. Walter's son, you know, Market Intelligence, another big product that's that's growing. I would have thought that he would have been there. VJ Rajanan, I think his last name is, his Customer 360 Insights. Which I would have thought, hey, you know, that would be a real big area to show off. Arid Katz, who's the head of sales, Dynamics 365 Sales, no show, not not there. Matthew Barber, you know, he he's normally at these events and, and bringing the wisdom, nothing. Now, this is where I, I feel the system might be slightly faulty or perhaps it hasn't got anyone. Shan MacArthur. He's not listed as being there, but then Julie Strauss specifically is not on the list at all. Well, but she, I'm pretty she, sure Julie she is, is speaking, right? Yeah, she definitely has a, a. She has one session. She told me, so I know she's there. So yeah, maybe there's something about the system because I can't imagine most of those people you mentioned not being there. You'd think, right? I mean, these are all you know senior, senior people. Most of them reporting in directly to James Phillips, and I really thought they would be at the event and and have speaking slots and being that most of the speaking slots look like they're locked and loaded unless they're jumping on somebody else's session and not you know being listed maybe you know, that's the case you and i have both been at these events before where they've got these you know these microsoft conference room areas where you mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. you make appointments to meet folks yeah and the they, side sessions and they say i know that Often you'll see people that'll come in specifically because they've got, you know, multiple meetings with certain, you know, strategic partners and it's a good opportunity in one place to do it. And so I think some people have the job of, okay, you're going to stand up and, and talk about the new stuff. And your, your job is you're going to go work with some of these, you know, strategic partners and help them, you know, a little more handholding. So I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't imagine those folks not being there, but that wouldn't surprise me if they're not all speaking. Yeah. So then the rock stars, you know, there's there's kind of like four major rock stars I always look for in the agenda. It's something like this. Of course, there's Charles Lamana, who owns, you know, the Power Platform. And then, you know, Ryan Cunningham, Stephen Siciliano, and Ryan Jones are kind of those big names that, you know, I would want to be at those sessions. And so I see Charles and Ryan are doing a joint session called the Power Apps Vision and Roadmap Session, which is obviously going to be a, a big one where they're going to be making a bunch of announcements. And then Stephen Siciliano has a session called Flow Vision and Roadmap. 
which I would say would be another very interesting session on the flow side of things. And then Ryan Jones has a session called What's New in the Common Data Service for Apps. So once again, I expect those four sessions are going to be, you know, highly attended and high value sessions where they'll make a bunch of new announcements. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see that the kids are coming. (laughs) I tell you, these guys, it's been interesting to watch them as they have kind of, you know, popped up on the scene relatively recently. Yeah. And particularly in sessions where you've seen them in in, in the early days, you know, a little nervous, a little apprehensive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to now, you know, they've gotten completely comfortable with the audience, with the product and, and, and highly confident in the you know, and the goals and the mission, and it just comes off for these guys. They're they're fun to listen to, even if they're telling us something that we've already heard. They're still fun to listen to. There's they're they're clearly deeply excited about the product. They're you know I've, I've been to sessions as have you in the past with with product managers who just kind of get up and they're like, yeah, well, we're doing this and we're doing that, and you almost don't even feel like the guy's heart's in it. But there's no question with these guys. I mean, these guys are are passionate about where this stuff is going. Yeah, and, and they're very candid, right? They they tend to, you know, really, if you like, not, you know, put a whole bunch of marketing over the top of it. They're just very frank, very down to earth, very kind of approachable. You know, Ryan Cunningham, remember he was on main stage last year, and boy, did he come with some energy oh, and yeah. got, got, got the room sparked up, you know, with, you know, his excitement around the area. And of course, He's moved roles. He really owns pretty much everything around interface nowadays. Heads up all that team around that experience. And he's once again, he's got a rock star team behind him. I tell you, of the, of the guys that you're talking about and across that group that I've seen speak you know, now for a couple of years, Ryan kind of went from a really an awkward presenter when he was first presenting to, to really crisp, really clean. I mean, he, he is... It's interesting that, that you watch the skill set, just in the ability to present and, and engage an audience. He's had a complete uh, turnaround from when I first saw him speaking up there. It's just he's gotten very comfortable, very confident, and frankly, he's one of the better better speakers now and being able to get out a lot of content quickly in a way you could easily grasp it. He does great on those examples. Yeah, all of those guys are just are just exactly really really fun. It's it's so different than these conferences in the past, where you know we just had, like you said, choreographed, scripted mm-hmm, presentations mm-hmm. from people that were that were being very careful to stay within all sorts of different boundaries. And exactly, I, th- I think it's not just the the guys, but it's also the just the company has has kind of given a little more free reign. I mean, Ryan Jones will get up and say things that you could imagine someone else saying a couple of years ago and just getting pulled into the principal's office, you know. <laughs> I love him. He's great. So true. I see Stephen, he's he's not only got that Flow Vision and Roadmap session, he's he's also doing two other sessions. In fact, he's got to get the all-star for the most sessions of all these guys presented. He's doing one on automate the common data service and then advanced expressions for Flow. And naturally, there'll be a heap of other Flow sessions, but these are the kind of names that kind of stuck out in my mind. Interestingly enough, one of his team, John Levesque, I don't know if you've seen John, but I kind of first met John in Amsterdam and... Yeah, that guy's a rock star. And he, he's doing, you know, flow real world stories, which is always great to see how other people are using the technology and then using flow for digital transformation for your business, which, you know, once again, I think these are real practical uses of the application. And if no one's heard John before, make sure you go to his sessions because <laughs> this guy's a legend. 
you know, you and I are both, you know, CRM guys, right? From from the CRM side of the house. Back so in the day, yeah. Back in the day, and I had a, uh, I was on a podcast with uh, Mary Jo Foley mm-hmm. a month or two ago, and uh, about Power Platform, and she asked, you know, for people that aren't familiar, you know, what would you suggest that they they start with? And you know, my my gut reaction was, oh, you start with CRM, but. You know, when you really look at what we have today, and I think you may agree, I think that for somebody who hasn't touched any of this stuff, the, the place to start is Flow. I mean, Flow Absolutely. is the thing where you can get it's it's highly accessible. It can be very powerful, but it doesn't need to be. It can also be very, very simple, and people can get almost an instant return on effort from Flow. And I think that's the that's the gateway drug to, exactly. to all the I rest agree. of this this platform. And so anybody listening is still trying to figure out where they where they might want to grab you know find a grab handle. Yeah, I'd, I'd be jumping on Flow right away. Citizen developer level stuff all the way through Pro Dev. I mean, it's it's really got everything. And and of the products that we've got, that one is probably the most immediately transformative. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Now I see out of Ryan Jones's team, he's sending also along Jim Daly and Brandon Simmons. So Jim Daly's doing a session of optimizing custom code and plugins in the common data service, which, you know, just shows there's, there's stuff for devs, you know, there as well. And then Brandon's doing monitoring and supporting power apps at scale. So an enterprise from an enterprise perspective. And I know a lot, there's been a lot of questions around, you know, how do you monitor and support where you're kind of giving everybody the ability to go and build apps And, you know, the concern of a lot of organizations is that, hang on a second, (laughs) you know, what about the security around that? You know, what's going on? Can, you know, people spin up instances? And I know there's been some interest around that recently. So it's it's good to see these kind of meaty sessions in the schedule as well. You know, it's, I mean, it's a fine line between wanting to enable the next, what, 15 million developers as citizens and, and trying to enable that by giving citizens in an organization access to as much as possible so they can go and do something. But then the other side, you know, you've got particularly enterprise organizations and mid-sized organizations, you've got, you've got an IT responsibility there and somebody who's responsible for governing and, and data and, and all that stuff. So Microsoft's kind of trying to walk that little tightrope because if they lean too far over, you know, then IT is just going to shut it all down. And if they go too far the other way, then it'll stifle, you know, the opportunity for citizens to actually go do things. So that's a that's an interesting little tightrope walk for them. Yeah. But I think the tools are coming, though, very clearly. You know, there's a lady that I know that she's going to be coming on the podcast. Actually, I'm talking to her tomorrow, Manuela, and amazing girl that works at what is it, Virgin Atlantic, where they've got a big Power Apps, you know, program in place. And the governance model that she's enabled in that organization is just legendary. Like, you know, they're not running any risk as in from a people creating out of hand or out of standards, et cetera. They've got a really well-trained, well, if you like, how would you say, empowered, if you like, team that can go and build apps, but still, you know, in a compliant way, if you like, which is fantastic. Yeah, I think that, you know, the first thought of a lot of IT or even, you know, traditional developers when they hear citizen developers, they think, oh, my God, you know, it's like the, the monkeys are being let loose out of the cage. And I think I'll be very interested to listen into to that podcast with her. And I think a lot of the IT community will be curious, how do I, is there a way to do this to get the benefit yet still, you know, do it in a safe, government compliant way? 
and, and there certainly is, and and um, I'll be very eager to hear that podcast. You know, yeah, which is yeah. it's interesting because you know Microsoft was making a lot of noise around the citizen developer the past several months, and and I think they they got the sense that they might have actually over-indexed a little too much, and now now we're hearing them circle back to the the pro dev story because the pro dev story was kind of getting lost in the citizen development story. And I mean, to stand back a month ago, you would have thought, well, citizens are going to be building everything, but, and that power component framework is probably a good example of a more of a pro dev tool. I mean, that's not totally. going to be something 100%. citizens will be doing. And, no, no. and I think we're going to hear a lot of that at, at summit is more about that pro dev story because they did kind of park that a little bit while they focused on that citizen developer message. Yeah. So one of the other sessions I'm interested in attending is by Clay Wesner. Now he owns here, he's in Ryan Cunningham's team and he owns, you know, the UI, what we get at the end of the day. And he's running a session called run one UI, the future of canvas model driven and the unified interface. So I think that's going to be very interesting, being that you and I have both heard him speak about the next, you know, five-year window, and I think there might be some really exciting stuff being talked about here. I think so. I mean, Clay's a great speaker too. I like Clay. He's got a he's he's got a great attitude. He clearly clearly knows. He has a mission of where to try and get this thing to. And as you say, you and I at Summit at MVP Summit kind of saw probably similar to what he'll be showing a little more broadly this time. While we hadn't been able to talk about it, it's definitely been pretty exciting to see where that thing is heading and might even fulfill one of my predictions on some prediction podcast I did a year ago, I think with, I don't know, probably on Gus's podcast or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to his session as well. He's he's good at presenting. He's another one of these guys that, that just will take any question, any question. You know, these these guys don't take anything personal, any question, any complaint, anything. They just they just react, you know, and and that's that's new for all of us. Yeah, it's really good. I, I had a I just interviewed him for a podcast about two weeks ago, which is going live after the event. And yeah, he's down to earth, Frank, and really was able to talk a lot about you know what's happening and what's coming on the agreement that I didn't release it till after Bizap Summit. So. I think, you know, there's some good stuff. He's, as you say, he's a great guy, originally from Australia. and But, you know, I don't hold that against him by any stretch. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, uh, rock solid. Do you know, the? I was looking for a good them to see if his name was in the set, you know, in the lineup. And him, Jamil, I think it's Gafsari, which is he reports into him. And then there's a guy by called Peter Bryan. Now, sorry, he doesn't report into him. He he reports to James Lamana. These three guys are the gurus of everything artificial intelligence in the power platform. So uh, Goodson's doing one on the vision and roadmap of how to leverage artificial intelligence in the power platform. And then Brian's session is hands-on with adding artificial intelligence easily with the power platform. Now, I think this is absolutely where the power platform is going, right? It's really going to enable organizations to light up artificial intelligence scenarios. And that really excites me. I think it's pretty clear that you you have planted a flag on AI. You are very excited about the potential of that. You know, I think I think also you know, you're you're in a in a position right now where you're able to do a lot of thought leadership and and, and talk about where things are going. There's lots of partners out there that are, you know, just daily working with customer deployments, all day, every day working with customer deployments. And 
And I think that reconciling those two views is a little bit of a challenge, particularly when we've got, you know, we still got so many customers out there that are just using spreadsheets. I mean, they're not even on the most basic of a business application. So AI is still a little ways out there. But clearly, Microsoft has to be a leader in that space. I'm going to be eager to see, because I think up until now, the AI has been one extreme or the other. So it's either been, here's a, a kit of parts that you can go build your own AI solution, yeah, which yeah, we don't yeah. have enough people that even know how to do yet. Or here's some prepackaged AI that'll show you some interesting things, but maybe not what you're looking for. And if they can bridge that, that, you know, here, here is, you know, market insights or sales insights or something that out of the box provides some value, but, you know, can be modified around fairly easily without, you know, without a data scientist involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they've, then they've got that other side with some of those tools where you, know, you can really get get deep. I think we're we're at the beginning of those customers starting to pick those up. We've had a couple of customers go down the path with the AI. I don't know what they expected. I think one of the challenges with AI right now is is meeting the expectation that people have when they hear AI and then the reality of what it is, which, you know, in some cases could be better, some cases could be worse, but it seldom seems to match what the customer is expecting it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so true, so true. Listen, there's a pre-day event on on the Sunday. There's another little thing that I'm involved in, which is called Hack for Good. And this has been put on by the TDG crew. And I was involved in one of the hackathons back in February this year. And my gosh, it was amazing, you know, for what people produced in four hours, combining, you know, Power Apps, Flow, Power BI, and the Power Platform was absolutely phenomenal. And of course, the great thing is, this event, all the, you know, it's basically creating solutions for non-for-profits or for charity. And, you know, these teams are around eight persons per team come together and they compete across the day. There's prizes, awards and whatnot. And it's a free pre-day event. Most of the pre-day events are around 350 to 380. This is a free event and, you know, be catered and you'll be looked after, etc., just a shout out to Blue Team. That's Team Blue right here, leading that team I am. But I'm really looking forward to that and really take my head off to the TDG crew for, you know, enabling, you know, taking their own time out to actually put this on and, you know, use all this Microsoft great technology for good. You know, it's think about trying to do a hackathon like that, say, three years ago with the product that we had. You know, you'd put these teams in a room for four hours and they'd come out with a little widget the best they could do and and it really says a lot for the platform that i mean they can literally go in there for four hours and come out with a complete usable amazing application they couldn't accomplish that before the next level for this it will be you know like how these uh, gamer arenas you know they got the gamers there and everything they're doing is up on these big screens and there's audiences watching like i could see next year's hack for good that you know there's a there's a studio audience watching these guys go through because it'll be that quick and that exciting to watch them actually put something together and light it up while you could actually be sitting there that's going to be really neat yeah, yeah. Well, as far as I know, they're going to live stream this entire event on Twitch. And that means every table will have a camera on it with the t individual teams working and will have a Twitch feed so people can, you know, log in and watch that. And uh, listen, if you, there's still plenty of spaces left. So if you're keen, go to Eventbrite 
and do a search for Hack for Good Microsoft Business Application Summit 2019. Click on register. You'll see that it says there by TDG, a Microsoft community. And yeah, get involved. It'll be at the Georgia World Congress Center, Atlanta, on that Sunday before the main event. Well worth it. It'll be a time well spent, I can assure you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. So I know you and I are getting in Friday. Wow, which is really about three days from now. We're there. Yeah, yeah, not long. So we're, we're going to be in there pretty early then hanging around. So, you know, definitely if there's folks coming in on, on Saturday. When, when is the Hack for Good? That's Sunday, right? It's a Sunday, yeah. It's a, it's Sunday, a Sunday, so Sunday the ninth, June the ninth. Yeah, people should ping us, uh, you know, for Saturday because we'll be we'll be looking for things to do. Yeah, yeah, and and really happy to connect with anybody. I always find that you, you can always learn something from you know connecting with others and good opportunity to share as well. So totally open to anybody coming up saying hi and. Yeah, of course you have to buy us the beer. I mean that's part of it. If you come, if you see me and Mark, and you want to come up and say <laughs> hello, that means that next beer is on you. Yeah, just quietly. I, I, you know, I like the odd beer on a hot day, but you know, rum and gin. Rum and you know, gin. That, yeah, not together. You know, independently of each other. But I don't, I don't mind a gin and tonic from time to time. And then, you know, one of my favorites and going to the US is often a lot of bars can create a nice old fashioned. But I have it rather than having it with whiskey, I have it with rum, which is very nice. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, so there you go. If you if you want to really get into Mark's good side, uh, bring, <laughs> bring a thermos with an American old fashioned in it, and just follow him around. <laughs> Listen, that reminds me of a story some years ago. Convergence. I was at Convergence, and let's say I wonder if I'm going to out him. Should I out him? Sure. Okay, Chris Cognetta. He has a friend meet him there out of state or something like that, or in state, I don't know what it was, and he brings along a couple of bottles of moonshine. And man, was it amazingly tasty. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, I don't know what it was made of, but I know, yeah. Yeah, probably gasoline. Oh, well, we had to catch we had to catch flights, right? And this was in Atlanta too. And I tell you what, we were guzzling that stuff <laughs> all the way before we got on the flight. But you know, I sleep on flights, so it doesn't worry me. So you know, that's another whole side of the event. Also, is is really the nightlife. And you know, I think that for those who haven't been before, certainly the event itself has lots of content. But you know, every night there'll be various parties and different events Bound and different right. things things yep. going on. Some official, some unofficial. I've given up registering for these things because I find you just get towed along to wherever it is, and yeah. it's not like uh, you know, if a sponsor's put an event on, they're like, "Oh, sorry, so you're not on the list." Well, we you both know? know a couple of people that we can count on to follow that will yeah. that, that just have a nose for the the right spots to go. And uh, I think it's always interesting to see the people come to the event the second day. You know, they show up in the morning all hungover, and you know, there's a there's an art to it, going out and having fun, yet still being able to understand these sessions that occur before ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Remember what I said: these events are about networking and experiences, and then third, you know, getting taught something. Yeah, maybe you'll learn something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to see you Friday up there. Excellent. We'll make sure that we put in the show notes any of the links to things like Hack for Good and that live stream. Make sure you, you know, click on the bell, hit subscribe, get notified. And by the way, we'll, we'll be streaming comments through live as well. So if you've got questions for any of the guests, we're going to try and get them on here. So even queue up your questions if you want on the live stream feed and say which guests you'd like the question asked to and, and what your question is. 
yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to get that feedback. We can't guarantee we're going to get them all there, but between Steve and I, we'll, we'll try our best. Sounds good, Mark. Look forward to seeing you then. Cheers. Ciao, ciao. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope to see you at the Microsoft Business Application Summit in a couple of days' time. Feel free to hit me up. Come say hi. As you know, we discuss. We're live streaming. So if you want to even get on the live stream, come and see us. If you've got a story about Power Apps, Flow, Power BI, or the Power Platform, that's a really interesting story. Maybe how you got into it, etc. We would love to talk to you and get you on the uh, on the show. So feel free to connect. Hit me up on any social media if you want to connect at the event. I'm really looking forward to this coming week. One last thing, take this opportunity, go to YouTube, look up NZ365Guy, you'll see there that we're live streaming at this event. Subscribe, hit the bell, so you get notified of each time we go live at the event. And if you can jump on, comment, share some insights, we'd love to see you. Talk to you soon.